Welcome to It's a Sign, a podcast created to explore the unseen world of magic, symbols, spirit and emotion. Listen as we navigate the path to a deeper understanding of the inner worlds, how this can greatly inspire our everyday life and what tools we can use to help us along the way. Our intention with this podcast is to be the sign you needed to begin your own exploration within, to heal, inner stand and reveal the magic that surrounds you. Please take from this episode what resonates with your heart. I'm Helki and I'm here with Trey. Let's begin. Hello everyone and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you are excited to dive into this episode with us today because we are going to be exploring the world beyond the five senses. Oh yeah. Get ready to... To do what? Start again. To start again? To get ready to start again. Unpattern everything you've ever thought of and dive into a world where there are... I was going to say, get ready to exercise your hearing sense. Oh, nice. Extrasensorize your hearing sense? Yeah. Cool. Well... You can just carry on. I know you want to just carry on and leave that in there. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) okay all right moving on from that um hey everybody so yeah today we wanted to explore the idea you know we've we've all been told we have five senses you know basic five but um scientists are saying that you know we actually have a lot more than that that our five senses is a oversimplification of what's really going on um they're trying to kind of, no one can really decide on how many we actually have, but there's a consensus that it's between 14 to 22 senses. And some of them are kind of a little like, you know, like one of them that we have listed here is itch, which is like, okay, well, isn't that just a, you know, another form of touch? Mm-hmm. But, you know, itch like operates on a distinct sensory, uh, system uh like what are those what is that system like the nervous system yeah a unique nervous system so it uh it's slightly different but you know so there's going to be some kind of lame ones where it's like oh an itch yeah cool Mm -hmm. that sounds cool not and then there's going to be some other cooler ones that we'll talk about more towards the end just to make it a bit more exciting and after we kind of dive into, you know, what science is measuring, we're going to go a little bit beyond, beyond this, beyond the physical senses and into a entirely different world of psychic and paranormal detection. Yeah, can't wait for that. So, do you want to start us off with a couple or uh, should I? No, you go for it. Okay, so... Um... Another one that seems, you know, pretty common sense is thermoception, which is the ability to sense heat and cold. Um, So we are basically thermometers. You know, our body will tell us, like, um, based on our different environments, how hot or cold it, uh, it is, and it'll help us to avoid being burnt or to avoid, like, frostbite or something like that. And it's it's actually really cool once you start to dive into the senses how our body is really an instrument, you know, how like 
if there's specific code in a computer that's like, you know, designed to detect when temperature falls below a certain level, you know, and then it'll start uh, releasing a warning ping, you know, on the screen, our bodies do the same thing, you know, when the reason we start, you know, shivering when we feel cold is because our muscles are, you know, contracting and, you know, tensing and, and contracting to keep us more warm. But then the reason we have this like flight response to cold, like we need to get the fuck out of here is because it's chemicals in our body telling us to get out of the cold or you're going to die basically, you know? So. Yeah. Have you ever been to that science museum I went as a kid, I don't remember which one it was, it would have been in the UK somewhere, but um, you, they had this device where you could, you touch it, and uh -huh. it would be really hot and really cold at the same time. Yeah. Have you ever touched that? It's such a weird sensation to no. like feel both at exactly the same time. Yeah, I haven't felt that before, but I um, remember in class one time in school, we would... Um do this like test where we put our finger in hot water and then like move it into cold water and for a little bit it felt as if the cold water was hot oh, right. and the other way around um, interesting yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy it kind of like messes with that sense in a sense in a way in a sense <laughs> yeah I think yeah it's kind of like the different polarities like even with our emotional polarities you know if there's excitement and nervousness you know sometimes they it's they can't be the distinguished thing, yeah yeah um yeah so the next one is proprioception so this sense gives us the ability to tell where our body parts are relative to other body parts and also it's kind of related to our balance and our spatial awareness so you know when we're drunk, our proprioception becomes inhibited. This is why there's when police officers like pull over a drunk driver, they're like, okay, close your eyes and touch your nose, you know? And if you're, and you can do that really easily when you're sober, but if you're kind of inebriated or drunk and your proprioception's been affected, you might miss your nose <laughs> or think you're touching your nose, but you're not. You maybe, you know, like touch the tip of your nose, but you're touching somewhere else. It's mm. because your proprioception's been affected. Also, you know, walking in a straight line, if your proprioception's been altered, you won't be able to walk in a straight line or hold the balance very well. What is that actually affecting? Is it affecting your your ears? Um, I'm not quite sure. Right. Yeah, I don't... The, the article I brought up is actually quite limited. <laughs> <laughs> I Maybe, just wondered, that's all. Yeah, it'd be better if we had a bit more scientific, like, whoa, how how is this actually working? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, like, you can train your proprioception, which is quite cool. Like, just how you can train your palate, like how chefs have very, you know, detailed palates. They can, you know, even wine connoisseurs can detect, like, flavors that, you know, when I taste wine, it's pretty much, oh, I can taste a couple of different things, but, you know, it's wine. You yeah, know, wine or, like, wine. perfume people. Like, yeah. they can smell, like, notes in the perfume. It's, like, taste, but smell it's people can sort of strengthen each of these senses because it's like I can smell a perfume or I could taste a wine but I definitely couldn't be like oh yeah that's like you know you've got a hint of 
must and yeah. smoke and rose or you know yeah yeah and I do archery and Helki's actually just got a new bow so she's gonna start doing archery once we get back to France but I think like as you develop your archery skills you're also developing your proprioception skills because it's um there is an instinctual kind of uh side to archery you know it's not all just aim and point but Mm -hmm. it's you know like if you increase your proprioception of archery you'll become more accurate you'll be able to hit that bullseye more often and the same thing goes for um balancing i think um oh no that's that's sorry that's equilibrioception (laughs) but we'll move on to that one in a bit um but it is interesting because it's like we're really into um like we want to go down the route of intuitive shooting with archery and people do it with guns as well so you don't use sights and stuff yeah so you really you are using some kind of instinct especially when the target's like really far away and then you've got to account for the distance and the weight of the arrow um but i think people who get really good at that sort of thing they're not necessarily in their brain calculating okay it's this far away because especially say if you're like in the wild you know you can't like get out a measuring tape and start measuring that stuff like there's something that naturally happens a sense that kicks in where with practice you're able to sense all those things without using the logical uh, like brain yeah yeah i think we have a heavy reliance on the logical brain and also on our sight like i think our sight is the biggest sense that we use Mm so um you know, a lot of archers will put all these different extensions on their bows. They'll buy these really expensive, like, target sites that are very accurate, you know. And, um, but yeah, there's a, what we're doing is, like, it's called bare bow, which is just the bow and the string and the arrow. Yeah, it's and, so much more intuitive and yeah. so much more fun, like, yeah. to me, anyway. Like, yeah. the thought of just, like, looking. It's the same as if you're playing a game, like a shooting game. Like, I sometimes like playing PUBG, and I very rarely shoot using the sights, you know, the scopes, because it just wasn't as fun for me. Like, it felt really good if you were able to hit the target um, without the sight, you know? Just... Yeah. 360 no scope. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you know what that is, but all these... Back in the day, in the gaming days, there were all these videos of, like, people playing Counter-Strike or something, and they just, like, jump off a building, do a 360 spin with a sniper, and then shoot someone with like a- without even aiming down the scope and yeah. just headshot them, you know? But I find that so much more satisfying, like, as a player. Yeah, and people and love watching it. And I think the it. same with archery. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not even drawn to the technical side of archery where you can get all those sights. And- yeah. Me too. Yeah, because, I mean, I've always loved... It's something about using that, like, intuition and, like, acting on instinct and, yeah. you know, strengthening that. There's yeah. something really rewarding. Yeah, and there's moments where it's, like, where I take, you know, like, I'm outside shooting in France and at a target and, you know, I just really take my time. I take in a deep breath and I feel the wind, you know, on my body mm. and... 
it's like I'm just in this kind of very quiet, serene place, and I just lift the bow, and there's just a knowing. Yeah. And then I release, and boom, it hits the bullseye. Mm-hmm. And it, you just, it's a knowing that is in your body. And then also when you shoot and you miss, there's a feeling of offness in your mm-hmm. body. And it's learning to tune into that. And there was this one time when I was um, shooting in America. And I just kept hitting bullseyes. And it was because I found this like anchor. It was like you have to be anchored within yourself. And, you know, it's like in my gut. It was this feeling in my gut where I was like, this is going to hit. It was like all your instincts were aligned. Yeah. In a sense, like all your senses that you're using, they're all like aligned. And that can be really difficult because you can get really in your head. And I think like when I'm really in my head, you know, say when you or a teacher is saying like, okay, you need to stand like this, just need to bring your arm up a bit like that. And then I find it could, I shoot better, but when I haven't had instruction, Mm. like, but you take the instruction, but it's that like the moment you take it, it makes you in your head. Right. Yeah. Whereas if you're sort of like, no one's there, you're just breathing, um, you know, and you shoot is, yeah you're tuning more into that natural instinct yeah I see it with like you kind of in the beginning it is a bit more mental because you're like okay you're going through the checklist in your head is my body in the right position like you know all those things but then eventually as you program it into your muscle memory you know and then you get more comfortable with it and so like every time you're drawing and you're raising your your anchor point sitting into the same place you're you're fixing in yeah you can feel like oh I need to move a bit back, but it's not like you're thinking it. You're just like feeling yeah, it. Yeah, you you're know? doing it before you've even thought it. Yeah. Yeah. So another one is tension sensor, which is found in your muscles. And it allows, it's like the, your muscle brain, which allows you to kind of monitor the tensions in your muscle. Do you feel like that's like when you're sitting cross-legged and then your legs start hurting or going numb? Well, it's actually like anything. Like it's it's to help you lo- biolocate your body, you know? So it's like, okay, you know, you can, t- you know how to move your muscles, you know, like um, what muscles are tense just even by feeling, you know, like, oh, I've got a little tension in my lower back. I've got some tension in my thighs, you know, you can feel where there's tension and stuff like that and then um yeah so i mean not 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 such a cool one but it's pretty crucial (laughs) Uh, if we didn't have that maybe we would experience more injuries you know yeah would it be that must be connected to pain sensors yeah there there is a thing called noise nociception which is pain yeah perception and it it has its own unique sensory system, um, pain receptors on the skin, the bones, joints, and organs. There's different things there. Um, so pain is pretty much just like it's it's a it's a thing to tell your tell your brain that shit's going down. Like there, you should not be doing this. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, this is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, like avoid avoid this yeah and this is pain so it's like if you didn't feel pain you know maybe you would fall down and your arm would break you know and you wouldn't know 
and you could, you know, you'd be going around with be a broken insane, arm. Yeah. yeah, you know? So, or like your gut is leaking acid into your body and you wouldn't know. And then your body will start failing or eating itself up. Mm -hmm. So pain's really important. Perception to know when things are going wrong so that we can fix it. Okay, so this is the one I was talking about before, which is equilibrioception, which is the sense that allows you to keep your balance and sense body movement in terms of acceleration and directional changes. And this sense also allows for perceiving gravity. So this is, I think, yeah, we really underestimate like all the senses we have, like in order to be able to move around, you know, my mom and I did these yoga classes in Greece and she was doing these, like all these inversion poses and stuff. And then she felt dizzy for like weeks after, you know, and so something, something I think, you know, in her body that wasn't very, that was kind of going wrong and having these inversions, which, you know, um if you're kind of an older person and you're not used to moving very much then it could affect that so she was having problems with her equilibrioception and so she was getting these dizzy spells and not feeling stable on her feet and you know you can you see this a lot in kind of as people age you know with older people they're really slow they you know if their balance she could is have weaker. Some, like damage in her ear as well yeah so yeah, our ears are very responsible for our equilibrium sections. Yeah. yeah, our balance. Um, and so to be able to train this, like you can, you know, this is a, an ability you can hone and, you know, train, you know, like tightrope walkers, um, you know, got even, you know, guys on the street who are biking on one wheel, you know, they're, they're balancing. Yeah. You know, that's using your equilibrioception and you have to be able to to be able to perceive a lot of different things, how quickly you're moving forward, which direction you're moving and how much also gravity plays into effect, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so when it's not working or malfunctioning, you literally can't tell up from down. So... It's quite, and you know, there's been times in meditation where I'll be sitting and I'll feel like, because I think one of the things that I'm going to go into a little later is when you're meditating, you're actually, your senses are starting to withdraw. You're going inwards. So you're becoming less externally aware and more internally aware. And there's been times where I'm meditating where I'm feeling like I'm really facing left, but then I open my eyes and I'm straight on. So it's like, or... There's been times where I felt literally as I was I was floating upside down. And I was like, whoa, this is really cool. <laughs> you know, I'm like upside down. Yeah. I don't know why, but I'm not. You know, my physical body's upright. So, yeah. Um, there can be strange things that happen with equilibrioception. And um, so the next one is chemoreceptors. So this is something that can detect blood-borne hormones. It can detect, you know, like, there's drugs in my system. You know, there's something foreign in my system. It can also, um, so this is what will trigger when, when this sensor is, you know, activated, it can trigger the vomit reflex. So let's say you've drunk too much. 
So now your blood is too contaminated with alcohol. It will trigger that sense. Will be like, oop, we're on overload. Trigger the vomit reflex to、mm-hmm. get it out of our system. You know. Um. So, chemoreceptors can also um detect external things. So, this is like pheromones. You know, which you know we feel like sometimes physical attraction is based on. You know, maybe they've got a nice butt or they've got a nice face or something.、Mm. But a lot of chemo, but a lot of our attraction is also sense through our chemoreceptors, which is through, you know, detecting pheromones, which isn't just through the nose. It's it's a very chemical response. Like our bodies are chemical, you know, and we can detect these chemicals in the air. And、um, it might it might also be why we're attracted to certain flowers or certain. Um, you know, plants or things,、um, and I think our ancestors were much more tuned into this. They knew, based on this kind of extra sense, what plants were good for eating and what plants weren't. You know, there's all these, you know, tests like if you have a heightened sense of smell, you can tell if a plant is, you know, not good for you if it's too, if it's too like. Pungent or kind of rotting smell. You don't want to、yeah. be poisonous or something. And like with animals, like we've mentioned that on the podcast before, how um like because I have horses and it's it's so cool how horses just know what there's plenty of po- poisonous plants to horses or around in a pasture, but they、yeah. just know not to eat them. And I do believe humans used to have that instinct. Yeah. And even when like cats or dogs might have some stomach problems, they'll,、um, you know, eat, eat grass. grass or eat specific plants to help them digest、mm-hmm. that stuff. Because it's like they have this knowing, this sense of what what they need. Yeah, and I feel like because I think in a sense, like you kind of know that you have that, you know, like when you're really sick, say like、mm-hmm. you've got a bug or something, and you're vomiting a lot, and. There's only like certain foods that、yeah. you know you can handle eating. You're like, oh, I just need like some dry toast. Like right、yeah. now, I, I literally or some vegetable soup. Or... Yeah, or veggie soup. Like just really,、um, but nothing too rich or something that's gonna, you know, be too much for your system. Like you have kind of this, because I think that comes from, or you don't eat at all because I think really when your body is recovering, it is best to minimize eating. A, As much as possible, so that the body can focus on healing. That's like they've even proven that I think scientifically, like your body likes,、um, you know, like not to have to deal with digestion and things if it if it's trying to heal. Yeah. So、um, the next two are thirst and hunger. <laughs> They're very simple senses. Monitor. It's your body monitoring hydration level, telling you when you should drink, um, which I think, and hunger, which I feel like Elkies are a little out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't have very strong hunger. Yeah. <laughs> Receptors. I do have thirst ones though. Yeah, that's not a- as much as you. I think yours are like over the top. I drink a lot of water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you're dying,、say? like even though it's only been twenty minutes since you drank water. Well, I also think it's because I breathe more through my mouth. Oh yeah, probably. Because yeah, I, I just I have like one nostril that doesn't get air because of it because I got 
headbutted in the nose, so it's, like, fucked up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I can only get, like, half the air in. It's quite annoying. But I can imagine, like, yeah, you would die quite quickly if you didn't have those (laughs) things telling you you're hungry or things telling you you're thirsty. Yeah, imagine. Like, that's why a baby's crying. They're like, hey, I need food, I need water. It's like... Baby never cries, just sits there and dies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, you should laugh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh well. Dark. Humans can't get very far without that one. Yeah. All animals really have. Surprised that wasn't in the old top five. Yeah. Okay, so this is a really cool one in um, in my perspective. So this is magnetoreception. The ability to detect magnetic fields so humans actually have this perception um apparently according to scientists it's much weaker than let's say a bird or um, certain insects who can detect magnetic fields really well or even whales um who rely on magnetic um magnetoreception to kind of navigate for you know migratory animals they use these magnetic fields and they can actually uh, sense them. And in some cases, like insects, they can see these fields. And if we kind of look back to our ancient ancestors, when we look at stone circles, sacred sites, these places were always located on really intense geomagnetic fields. So our ancestors, you know, it's not like they had technological instruments like we do today you know they were detecting these instruments these areas with their body or some sort of knowing and planting in very like exact and precise ways like you know monuments on these magnetic hot spots so um we do i think have a magnetic you know a magneto reception and you know, even if we think back to kind of like aboriginals who are walking across song lines and stuff like that, walking from one place to another that they've never been before, but can somehow navigate these like vast deserts or vast, you know, places. Um, how are they doing that? And um, there, there isn't like... I read an article about it that um, where they did do these tests on humans mm-hmm. to see if like they're picking up on these magnetic waves, and um, yeah, they proved that it did. Like they did it on twenty nine people, and basically just chain like put them in like a room called a Faraday cage. And like controlled the magnetics of the room, and they was scanning their brains at the same time. And when they changed the the waves, they saw a change in yeah. the brain. Like the brain was acknowledging it. Yeah, whether you're conscious of it. Yeah, like, or, so whether or not. They're, they're conscious of it or not, it doesn't yeah. matter if the brain's acknowledging the change. Yeah, because like even with the the chemical receptors, like. You know, most of the time, you know, our body's releasing chemicals all the time. We're releasing, you know, our emotions are chemicals. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a cocktail of chemicals that's that our body's releasing. And um, I had a teacher, I've told Helki this, where she could sense when certain organs were 
producing the chemicals and she could feel them dripping through in like mm. she was even like yeah at this moment right now i've got i've got this one you know and she was really in control of all her muscles she was also a dancer mm. so she had these control over her muscles that like none of the us in the class could reproduce um and yeah very very cool so it's like if you know if you were actually in tune with that your body you'd be able to sense these magnetic shifts and yeah like they said in this study that the alpha rhythms were reacting just as they would to sight sound and touch stimulus yeah so like you, the brain is reacting just exactly the same as it would from stuff that we're well aware of you know yeah. when we see change in our sight and yeah hear things so like our body is like fully working still in that way yeah just wonder why we're not like consciously picking up on it if like science has proven it's still happening within us yeah well i think like you know children who have not been kind of um exposed to certain like um stimulus you know maybe orphan children in impoverished countries or something who aren't getting enough attention and love you know they might you know have you know, learning disabilities because they haven't been talked to enough, mm -hmm. you know, or they haven't been touched enough, you know, um, you know, so they haven't had that stimulus. And even when with our children, we give them all these tactile toys, you know, learning how to, you know, do certain things. We have books with animal noises, you know, yeah. there's all these things where we're training our children, but we're no longer training our children in some of the other senses like magnetoreception. So maybe you know, in the ancient, ancient days, you know, you would go out and when you're kind of a certain age or something, or your parents would be like, oh, feel this. Can you feel the shifts in the magnetic field? You know, teaching our children um, how to sense those things. And I think because we've become domesticated and because we've moved very far away from nature and those things that we have lost a certain sense. Like um, there was this tribe in Malaysia that I um, found out about and there are these hunter-gatherers and there was two tribes one was a hunter-gathering tribe and one was a rice farming tribe and the hunter-gatherers had a really acute sense of smell to the point where they could it was like imagine being able to smell as good as you can see so they could smell all the scents that were being emitted by their the people in their tribe. Yeah, like they say dogs can smell. Like they use dogs for hunting stuff, like yeah. finding drugs and, you know, like maybe they was like that kind of level of... Yeah, and they, they could detect the differences in the same species of berry that are slightly different. Mm. They could detect the different smells within those berries and they handed them all these different types of plants and herbs and they could detect all of them. And one really interesting thing about this society is that their language was more centered around smell. So, you know, how you, you, it's kind of an unconscious thing, but when we describe things, you know, when we talk about things, it's always in a relation to more of a sight, you know, like, you know, the blue sky, you know, was filled with, yeah. or you if know, you're us, dazzling stars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do talk a lot about things yeah. like yeah. it felt like this there I'm a very like I the, I feel like my strongest sense feels like feeling 
Yeah. Know? So like, yeah, I know I can see stuff and everything, but what stays with me is the feeling yeah. of that place. Or, yeah, definitely. You know, you always make jokes with me if I'm like bad vibes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that, that we'll get into that more, which is like, you know, what people call empaths. Which, yeah, which... but it is interesting how the hunter tribe um, he had such a like, sensitive sense of smell compared yeah. to the other tribe because it was like in comparison, right? Yeah, so one strange thing that I was telling Helki earlier is that they thought it a, a, a mode of incest if a brother and a sister, you know, were too close to one another and that their scents were mingling because they could detect those things they could even detect the mingling of one scent with another and they saw that as a very intimate thing just as if you were you know like you're you're above a certain age and you're like just hanging out naked with your sister there might be some sort of taboo there Mm -hmm. um in our culture uh you know it's like oh you probably shouldn't be hanging out and touching your naked sister while you're naked too you know (laughs) so you can kind of see like for them for them to mingle sounds was a sign of intimacy I mean smells that was a sign of intimacy that was a step too far for siblings yeah which I can understand like especially if that's your culture and like that is such a developed sense like it would feel wrong yeah you know yeah you judge them for that yeah I, I read like how the um ancients uh, the egyptians they like used to use their senses to develop their psyche so they would like really focus on them even just the basic senses but they would use like little um you know exercises to develop them things like watching the clouds to develop the sight and then like figuring out okay which way the wind is going Mm -hmm. and um, yeah. Yeah, because we needed those a lot more in back in the day. You know, nowadays yeah. we have all these. You know, we we don't even know which ways north, south, and east half of the time. You know, because we have compasses. Yeah. You know, we're very like where what direction are we facing? It's like oh, gotta pull out the compass. You know, yeah. because now we have all these tools and technologies. We are moving away from our kind of numbs the senses yeah really because i think if you have to rely on those things you know you have to sort of know that okay it's winter so the sun's rising here that means that's east or it's summer and the sun rises here you know but um it's just numbed out now by technology yeah um yeah we've just we haven't developed so they're underdeveloped senses yeah consciously underdeveloped whereas like but the thing is yeah so it's like they're always there and available to train but we're not and they do use them like to brainwash people as well like i think they our senses are used to um (laughs) you know like to make us consumers now really like things like they pump out like um the smell of donuts at certain like places in theme parks and stuff. So that like, when you're in the queue, like you think, oh, after I want to go and buy some donuts after the ride because they've like been pumping out the smell of yeah donuts or like you know that like, everything how sex sells you know yeah. so they're like um, 
or you, bombarding the senses with like advertising yeah like with stuff that wouldn't be like on your mind so much if they weren't like using like things like you know like sugar um and sex there's all these things that really like are high stimulants right and really like grab the senses mm. and i feel like it's overloading our senses so that we can't pick up on the subtle things as much anymore you know because yeah. we're always looking for the the really gratifying things that are like rammed in our faces yeah like remember that one time when we went to the park and we got out of the the tube station and i'm just like i smell kfc somewhere yeah <laughs> and then we would like walk through the park and then eventually we're like oh there is a kfc yeah. there it is <laughs> So it's like, what are they doing? Probably got a fan blowing out. Yeah. Like a bucket of chicken. Mm. Um, okay, so one other one, which is, you know, which is, I find, you know, they say us humans don't have it, but I would argue against that. It's called electroception, which is the ability to sense electrical fields. And the, the animal kind of most commonly used is sharks, and they use this to detect prey. So the electrical fields that, because all of us, every living being emits an electrical field, even plants, even rocks, even, um, you know, the ocean it has some sort of electrical charge to it, a field. And for me, I've always been, uh, well, not always, but like when I kind of started, you know, really meditating, I began to be able to feel electromagnetic frequencies. So like when I would pass underneath, um, like telephone wires or stuff like that, I would feel like a ugh, like a buzz in my head mm. and I'd feel this buzz in my body. And I really like, it felt really sharp and jig, j like jaggedy. And then when you actually look at like the patterns of electromagnetic frequencies, they're very similar to that. They're very jarring to the natural human body. And that's how I felt. And even when you, like, I, I don't keep my phone in my pocket anymore. Like my, you know, by my my bits you do sometimes okay. not by my sacred jewels all right where'd you <laughs> like, put it i'll put it in like my jacket pocket oh okay um or i'll hold it you know sometimes you know if there's no other way i'll i normally will put on like an airplane mode and then put it in my pocket because i really feel the radiation mm. coming off of it i feel it like i feel it in my bits mm. <laughs> feel it in my I balls i keep mine in my <laughs> back pocket i hope my bits are okay yeah and i can really yeah and even if you know i have it near my head for a while you you know if you have your phone by your head like on a phone call you can get a headache or something and i can feel this pressure so you know i definitely feel the electromagnetic you know waves and you can also feel like um the energy that's coming off a person if a person's very like energetic you can feel that buzz in the yeah. air you know even if you walk into a restaurant or something or a concert that's really buzzing with energy you can feel that and you like it's almost like you're stepping into an ocean of frequencies mm -hmm. and when we think about um you know what test nikola tesla said he's like everything is vibration everything is frequency and i think that we as humans this is kind of kind of segue into the next section is that we as humans, like, with our minds, can detect things that are beyond our physical senses. Mm -hmm. That there's a part of us that can just detect directly the frequency and vibratory reality of the universe, and not the kind of 
illusory senses of the physical world. Well, not the physical world, but our range of spectrums. You know, scientists are always like, you perceive in this bandwidth of frequency for sound or taste or smell or sight. Um, but yeah, like even <laughs> there's even these people who can, you know, we're not supposed to be able to see an ultraviolet light, yeah. but there's some people who have been able to see it, you know. Do some insects do as well, right? Yep, insects. Yeah and um birds maybe yeah birds probably okay so one more before we just go on to the into the beyond yeah as they say um it's time perception so while it is debated no scientists have been able to find a specific mechanism they haven't been able to locate it yet you know there's still so much we don't know they haven't been able to locate a sense that perceives time, but um, there's been experiments that have shown that humans like have a, a startling accurate sense of time, especially when they're younger. Actually, hmm. that they can, you know, you know, let's say someone's like, okay, we're gonna set a timer for five minutes. You have to tell us when this five minutes is up, and then, you know, the the accuracy is surprisingly um, acute. So, like, we were even talking about this before, like, sometimes I'll sit down and I'll set a timer for my meditation, and while I'm in meditation, you know, I'll kind of lose a sense of time, I'll be very kind of deep in, you know, a meditative state, and then all of a sudden my awareness will come back to the surface, and I'll get this feeling in my body, the timer's about to ring. Yeah, I get that too. Yeah, and then like, 10, 30 seconds later, bing, the timer goes mm. off. And so some something in us is measuring the passing of time without us consciously being aware of it, especially like, you know, when I'm in a meditative place and time seems to stop existing, I'm some part of me is still measuring time. And I find if you're having a really heady, unsuccessful meditation, you'll find that, that you also lose that sense of time, that natural sense of time. It's like when I'm in a really good mindful meditation and mm-hmm. um, that's when I feel like, oh, I know when the time is going to go off. You know, it just comes in. I'm like, oh, this is going to be yeah. the end of the meditation in a sec. And then, yeah, it is. But I find when you're in like, you know, you're fighting your thoughts and you're not having such a successful meditation, you'll just be like, oh, when it, you know, surely yeah. this meditation's been over. It feels like it's been forever. And you'll look at your timer and you've still got like yeah. five minutes left. Yeah, it's like thoughts, like some, yeah, it's like, oh man, I feel like I've been meditating for so long. And then you look, it's been like two minutes. Yeah, and I, like, and then oh, I do man. think that's what is it, what we're talking about with the archery as well. You yeah. know, when you're too in your head, I think you become more out of tune and I think that's the world we live in right now it's like it's all in our head like everything is about our heads you know more jobs than ever are now being created where it's less of a physical job because we've got like machines and stuff Mm -hmm. that the less we're actually in our physical the more we're in our heads and I think we lose touch of a lot of these senses yeah definitely and you know it's said that like there's people who can detect metals, you know, under the earth, who can detect, like, uh, 
minerals, water, um, and it would make sense that we would need to s develop to find water if we were in desert places or something, mm -hmm. you know, that our, our body would need to learn how to seek that out. And um, I wonder what sense it is that the animals use where they are, they do know where water is. Yeah. I think that is going to, is that going to be a part of the clairs and the intuitive yeah, I'm senses? Not, yeah, I'm not sure if it's like, I'm not sure how animals like locate water. Um, yeah, but they do. Yeah, they do. They know like, okay, this is where we go for, yeah, if we're lost and we can go find some water. I don't know if it's like, you know, if it's roaming like within the African but it's Sahara. it's just like tribesmen as well. Like, yeah where they've grown up in a tribe and they don't have technology and weathermen and they they know where to find water. Yeah, out. well, it can be argued that, like, you're taught where to seek signs for water. Like, yeah, that could be true, yeah. You know, where you're like, okay, there's a certain type of plant growing here. Or, you know, you're following some sort of, uh, you know, one of your other senses, like, with the understanding that, when these things appear, then that means you're getting closer to water. But then that doesn't explain how people in like deserts, you know, can or like animals, like elephants and stuff. You yeah, know? how they can travel like miles, like hundreds of miles, I think sometimes to find water. Yeah, and how they there's no way to sense like a hundred miles away, like oh, water's in that direction because there's a little sign here in the earth. It's definitely some kind of intuitive knowing. I yeah. feel like they're tapping into. Yeah, and I think we could bring up like dowsing. So I mean, dowsing is a really you know debated thing. Like most scientists will be like, it's not real. Mm -hmm. But you know, dowsing is the ability to detect ley lines, to detect water underneath the ground, to detect fire lines underneath the ground, to detect you know where to dig to make a well you know there's you know that's what they used to do they used to use these dowsing rods to find places where you could dig for water um and scientists are all saying oh no it's about you know knowing where water normally will be found you know through knowledge but um they haven't scientifically proven that dowsing rods work or yeah really yeah they say that um, you know, even pendulums and dancing rods, um, you know, like that they're moving on their own accord, but it's actually a subconscious, unconscious thing that's contracting certain muscles that's making them move, um, that you're not conscious of. And so like the dowsing rods or the pendulum will move in a specific direction because there's an unconscious process going on within your body that's telling you something else. And so, you know, that doesn't contradict what we're saying about like intuition. Yeah, you know, like it doesn't, um, you know, if you're tapping into your intuition and it's telling you something, then unconsciously it'll spin in a specific direction, the yeah, pendulum, right. you know? So, Yeah. Um, and I think we have a lot more sense perception, not just externally, but internally within our bodies as well. Like I went, had a meditation where I went and wanted to explore my inner body and I got to be one of my cells and I was like interacting 
with all these other cells and feeling the like vibrations and hums and it was like there was a whole like our body is really just this I, I heard all this singing like my cells were singing specific tones and I got to kind of experience this like really microscopic level just by having the intention to dive into my body more mm. and it's a really really cool experience to feel like my cells have a sort of sentience of their own you know that they're all working together and um that our body is really really complex especially you know now that science is diving into the field of quantum theories you know things that are very unobservable so far yeah. so you know, who knows what's going down on the quantum levels that are, you know, kind of organizing these processes and what other senses we could discover in the future. That reminds me of something that Marteus guy was saying. And he was saying sort of like, uh, if you think of Earth as like a body and then we're everything on Earth is the cells. Yeah. And if you think like your every cell has its role its job its thing that it's good at not every cell can move around the body and do every single job of every other cell it's not like that you know like so you have um that the liver cells that know how to process toxins and clear things out yeah you know and that's their job that's what they're good at and that's why you do it was a good way to sort of explain like how we're what we're all here for we're all here for different things like just like every cell in our body is here for a different purpose a different thing doesn't make it any less worthy than the other cells because every cell is needed to do its job just like every person on earth is needed it's like tapping into like what is your natural purpose you know Um, but yeah, just you mentioning the body, it reminded me of that, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, and if you think there's like these cells in our body that are designed to eradicate disease, you know, yeah. by detecting certain like frequencies um, that are foreign to our body, and sometimes they can go wrong, which is like cancer, mm-hmm. and they start killing, killing our own cells. So mm-hmm. they, they're detecting our own cells within our body as foreign. And so then that's when they start depleting, like, all all that stuff. And it's, like, maybe you can see Cancer how... Cancer is when the cell starts multiplying too much. Yeah. Over-multiplying. Like, freaking out, thinking it's not got something it already has. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think one thing is clear that we shouldn't take our senses for granted and that we actually have a lot more than, you know, typically comes to mind. Um... So recent experiments have shown not only that the senses are important, but they are essential to survival of the human mind. In these experiments, subjects were cut off from all possible sensory stimulation. Their eyes were covered with goggles that blocked their vision. Their hands were covered so they could not feel anything. They were isolated from contact and could only hear a steady background hum. In the environment the subjects soon ceased to do any concerted thinking some had hallucinations some burst into irrational rage and some had delusions that they had two bodies or that their minds were detached from them and were wandering around in space none that participated in this experiment were unaffected so 
you know, in the science, they say that, oh, that it's essential to the survival of the human mind. But when we kind of go to the yogis and the mystics, they actually talk about, you know, kind of this sensory deprivation, this withdrawal of the senses as something that is something that should be practiced. So, you know, you know, when we go into a deep meditation, we might get visions, which might be these hallucinations that they're talking about. We, uh, our minds detach from the body, astral projection, and you go wandering around in space, you know? Um, I think before we get into the extra sensory senses, I just kind of wanted to go in a little, you know, my way, where it's like, I learned from yoga, um, and there was this sage called Patanjali, and he talked about this concept within his five, you know, supports of, no, not eight supports of yoga. And it's this concept called Pratyahara, which is um, the withdrawal of the external senses. And so this is a quote from the Yoga Sutras, which is translated from Sanskrit into English. And it says, when the mind is withdrawn from the outside, then the senses follow and disengage from the sense object. This is pratyahara. So when we turn our attention inwards and detach from the stimulations and distractions of the external world, then we experience a sense withdrawal. He goes on to continue saying that from that comes supreme command over the senses. We are no longer attached to or distracted by external gratification and stimulation. We have achieved command over the senses and can focus the mind inwards. And this, I believe, is when we begin to transcend our typical physical sense perceptions and we gain certain powers or certain paranormal extrasensory perceptions that the yogis will call cities, which are like superpowers. But when we go into kind of the Western side of things, we begin to see them as like psychic tools that even beyond our physical senses are, there's a part of us that's capable of perceiving beyond that. And in kind of Western mysticism, Western psychic studies, these are called the clairs. So do you want to start us off on any of the clairs? Do you have any no, of them? Let's go through the list together. Okay, so the first one is called claircognizance. Okay. So claircognizance is about having intense gut feelings and using that information to guide you. So a lot of, you know, psychics will use this in like, tarot readings when they draw cards and then they'll get an instinct or a knowing um you know we can kind of relate it back to that archery when you feel this mm -hmm. thing in your gut or even when people are going let's say they have a flight booked or a bus trip booked so like i have one friend and she said her you know her mom booked her a ticket for this bus to come visit her and she was like no i'm not getting on that bus and the bus crashed and she had avoided the crash because she listened to this gut instinct inside her. And, you know, I think this can apply to many people who have feel, who have maybe have seen someone who looks a little shady or 
has felt this intense gut feeling to stay away, mm-hmm. you know, and it's this, it's this kind of psychic knowing that there's no rational explore- explanation to how you know this, but you know, and, you know, you can even feel this about certain people, like maybe someone's looking a certain way, but in your gut, you know that, oh, there's something deeper going on with them. And you might get an intuition, like, oh, maybe this person's going through a depression, even if they're looking like happy, you know? Yeah, I have a lot of experience with the, with a deep knowing. I feel like that's how, that's probably one of my strongest clairs. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's just, it's a deep knowing. And I think when you're sort of working with this is like being able to distinct, like what is my fear and anxiety and what is my like deep knowing and intuition, you know? So I find like the biggest one giveaway for me, the easiest way to separate them is an anxiety will like um, probe at you. Like it will keep like hitting you in that horrible gut feeling of Mm -hmm. like bad, something bad, you know? Um, A deep knowing will tell you once. Mm like straight away and you know it won't keep reminding you and you can choose to listen to it or not so if you are looking to develop this and that's the best way to develop it is like knowing taking notice of this when it comes up because it will most likely only come up once Mm -hmm. yeah and you can see in like different cultures like china they really um like they lived in their gut you know it's like so you can say that with each of the clairs the psychic perceptions there's an organ related to those perceptions and with claircognizance it's the gut and um you know they there's this thing called the gut brain and they they say the lower dantian is where all your energy is kept you know there so imagine like walking through the world but your centralized you know sense of self isn't in your brain like they're taught us in the west but it's down in your gut and it's a very instinctual knowing and you just you know you like for me especially like there's been times where I just know that I have to go to this place like you know I had spring break once and I wasn't sure what you know I was like oh what should I do and then I got this knowing Mexico it just came out of nowhere like I have to go to Mexico and I went and did this pilgrimage around the pyramids and had incredible experiences. So it can be positive as well. You know, it can be positive and negative. It can help you, you know, warn you and it can also help guide you. Yeah. And it also knowing comes up, even if it is negative, it doesn't come up like fear. Mm -hmm. It's just like, it's just like, it literally just tells you what it is like whether it's good or bad but it doesn't come attached to an emotion like Mm. anxiety or fear does Mm -hmm. that's another like telling of when a knowing's coming through yeah is it doesn't have emotion attached to it It, when it comes through you might make something of it after excitement negativity but that's you making that of it after yeah you know like where if if it's a fear coming up like (gasps) Like, you know, it comes with a lot of fear. Like, oh, yeah. my God, I think this person's going to stab me. Yeah, so um, that's more of a survival instinct. Yeah, exactly. Based it's on the physical the, organ. Yeah, it's definitely not the same. Yeah. And Did, it's not as um, on point. 
because it can be like manipulated by your fears. Yeah. Um, yeah, knowings can come in for all sorts of things. You could know someone's birthday. You know, there's like, you could know, you know, like astrologers, certain astrologers, you know, when they develop their their clear cognizance will be able to know what sign you are just by feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, they know, you know, that certain things or that some people can know certain things about your life. Um, you know, it, it can be about anything. It's not feeling, though. There's no feeling with claircognizance. Yeah. It's, it's just knowing. knowing, yeah. I yeah. think the clairsentience is people yeah. who can okay. guess through a feeling. Because yeah. that's what you have to be really clear. It's not feeling. Yeah. That's how you know. It's a knowing. Yeah. Um, it doesn't come attached with any yeah. kind of feeling. Yeah. And also, like, with it being in the gut, like, my guess would be that um, if you have a lot of gut issues then this is showing you've got issues with this sense, this natural yeah. sense in you, and you won't be as attuned to it. Yeah. Um, I have Makes noticed sense. that, yeah, with people who've got issues, they don't have such clear knowings. Yeah, so is there anything else you wanted to say about no, their kind of sense before we move on? Okay. Um, so the next one we have is clairvoyance. And this is probably the most, <laughs> like, one. most known one, most Hollywood developed yeah. one. You know, everyone wants claircognizance, I mean, clairvoyance, clairvoyance yeah. which is, you know, the ability to, it's the psychic sight, you know, a vision. Yeah. And it's so not how it's portrayed in Hollywood. Like, I would say that's like 0.0.0.1% are like physically seeing things like, um, like films like Sixth Sense and Ghost and stuff. You I know? haven't watched any of those. Oh. I know that like when you have a very heightened clairvoyance, it's like it's you're you're really seeing like you, yeah. Like I'm not saying it's not lost. possible, but the majority of clairvoyance is mind's eye. Yeah, mind's eye. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, in these movies, it's oh, not well, mind's like, eye. It's like they're physical. Like oh well, yeah. I think if you really develop it, you'll be able to see spirits. You know, see the yeah. other side, see like things that aren't there. In yeah, in like your... you can see, like even I've seen, but not like exactly clear to the point of it looks like a human. Like I've heard other yeah. clairvoyants say, like they literally walk around the supermarket, and the only way they can tell they're not, they're ghosts or spirits yeah. is because their feet don't touch the ground. Otherwise, they look exactly like normal people. Yeah, and I was like, that's so nuts because yeah. I personally. I've seen spirits, but they're more like orbs or shadows. Um, but mostly what I see is visions, mm-hmm. which counts for clairvoyance as well. Yeah, and so if you have like a very loosely developed clairvoyance, you'll get, you know, foggy images. You know, you'll get certain, yeah, there or foggy, broken up kind of images. But the more you develop, the more clarity you get, the more control you get over it. And... Yeah, eventually you can you can get to a point where you can be seeing with physical eyes, but it's not really physical eyes because you know how our brain works is that where our eyes are taking in light and our brain is translating it and projecting a reality outwards. So we're not actually per, we're not perceiving reality; we're actually projecting reality. Um, it's it's a strange. Um, you know, thing to think about, you know, especially considering like we receive everything upside down as well, you know, yeah. and people who wear like upside down glasses will eventually see, well, they'll be seeing everything upside down, but eventually their ba- brain flips it around again. 
So like there's glasses with mirrors on them that flips everything around. That's crazy. So they'll be walking around in an upside down world. But after a certain amount of time, I think it was like 72 hours or something, the brain flips the image back around. So, um, so when you're seeing things through, with your physical eyes, quotation marks, using clairvoyance, it's actually this extra sense projecting, you know, what it's sensing into your physical, you know, reality. Um, so that's when you'll be able to see like overlays of spirits or, you know, portals maybe, or you can see these things with your eyes. Um, and, you know, there's description of visions, like, um, you know, seeing like, there's often a description of like seeing a silver screen in your vision and this silver screen is has like all these images inside it which is um interesting to think about when you think about like the movie it's like the silver screen in the movies yeah but um well for me it shows up like when i'm reading doing a reading for someone um often I will see in my mind's eye, I'll get a vision of the outcome or of something that's happened in the past. Mm. Not always. Um, I guess with practice, like that's something people could call on by choice. Um, but for me, it's just been something that's naturally happened since I started doing readings. Yeah. And clairvoyance um, is located in the pineal gland. Mm -hmm. So that's the organ related to clairvoyance and so it would be like your third eye chakra yeah um, and this so is you would again just like with the gut issues like you'd need to have uh you know a pretty nicely spinning third eye chakra and probably crown chakra yeah exactly um yeah so anything about clairvoyance no, let's move on. and and you can develop all these things we're not going to go into detail about how to develop them that would be a whole different thing but they can be practiced just, just like, like balance can be practiced yeah every you know, anything. sense anything we all have the capability to do it yeah but it's exactly. like some things you people are more natural at yeah so it is yeah so third is clairaudience which is the ability to psychically perceive you know, describe psychic hearing or being able to have messages like really amplified through sound. So maybe you're, you know, sometimes messages that come through through clairaudience will sound like a thought, but louder and more pronounced. Um, sometimes it'll even feel like there's something whispering in your ear. You might get like a stream of like words that just come through your mind and you don't know where that's come from. You might be getting downloads through voice. You know, you might be able to speak with spirits, but not be able to see them. Yeah. A lot of people, um, like I would think most people who are on the spiritual path would have had the experience of ringing in the ear. And I think this is how we perceive things and how we relate them for ourselves so like when I get ringing in the ear it's like oh clarification of what I'm saying because mm. it's like the angels are ringing in your ear and or the guides you know it's like I always get ringing in the ear for me personally um as like a clarification of yes mm. on whatever's going on in that moment yeah 
the yogis say when you reach a certain like state of like meditation you will get confirmations through sound mm -hmm. so they'll say you might hear beautiful exotic birds that you've never heard before or you might hear the jingling of bells or you know you might hear uh, the buzzing of a bee mm -hmm. and when there's none of those around you and um, I've had that experience a couple times where I've been hearing the jingling of bells where there's no jingling of bells or I've been hearing the buzzing of yeah. a bee and then read about it later and being like oh well cool so it's it's like yeah, it's like a, a certain sign almost. Yeah, and then it's like for me, it's like your spirit guides, angels, higher self, whoever you believe that is for you, it's the way of them clarifying or communicating to someone and you're going to, to you, and you're going to intuit what that means for you. I feel like it's very individual um, with, with everything we receive message wise, you know? But um, I do think that's got to be a common one, at least with hearing sounds, like the ringing in the ear. Like, I think every person I know that's on, like, a woke path, they have it, had an experience of the ringing in the ear, like, during meditation or, um, like, as clarification for them for things. Yeah. And then there's, like, what we've mentioned on the podcast before, like, I've had the experience of voices, yeah. um, like, realm shifting, yeah. where I was hearing like something that was going on in another realm or time yeah. you know i was hearing like that boring party or that irish pub and it's like you can hear it and then you other senses are almost like your mind's eye is then seeing where that's coming from it's like oh that's weird that's like not even from this time like why am i hearing this seeing mm. this you know oh, i've heard voices i've had my own name yeah. screamed in my ear before which was quite terrifying yeah. because it was screamed yeah. um and it can come in the form of like frequencies too like you're starting to perceive frequencies that normally your ears don't pick up on you know you're hearing ranges of stuff that isn't typical mm. and like i i had occurrence that you, most people might feel this it's like a form of clear audience where maybe you're hanging out with someone where there's a specific bond or you know you're quite close to someone like I had this one friend and we were just you know walking together with someone else and this thought popped into my head and I said it and he's like my friend was like hey what the hell you just told my joke that i was about to say yeah that happens all the time yeah and and then it happened like i don't know if that's clear audience though but i heard it you know like but it was my thought and that can be clear audience is it can sometimes be jumbled into your own because you're receiving it um through a, you know maybe through a frequency but then your thought picks it up and translates it into an audio thing for you to hear in your head but because your thoughts are auditory like when you're thinking your brain is processing them as uh, external auditory yeah and that's how you know like consciousness is outside the brain and thoughts live outside the brain because like that how that's even happened to us like yeah. so many times yeah. where we've literally said exactly what the other person was about to say or even the other night um in the kitchen with my stepdad Kerry and we were just in silence for ages and then I just suddenly thought, oh, well, you know, like, have you seen that I cleaned so-and-so? And then he was like, oh, my God, you are psychic. Like, <laughs> how did you know? I was just about to say, 
you know, oh, do, was yeah. it you who did this? You yeah. know, like, yeah, I think that like everybody has got to have experienced that, yeah. surely. Yeah, and even so, this could be boundary on like. But it's interesting on... you think that's clear audience because I well, would it never could, put it could that be together. both because the definition here, like it says that. Um, Messages that come through via Claire audience will sound like a thought, but louder and more pronounced. So that's that's one way it can come. Sometimes it can come in yeah. very different voices. But like even this one that I'm about to say could be, you know, sometimes they could be boundering on, you know, um, Claire cognizance and Claire audience where it's like, you know, I have a friend named Jesse. We have another podcast, but like sometimes you know, or even with you, I'll get like, I'll just think Jesse, or I'll think Helky all of a sudden, and then I'll get a call from one of you, mm. you know, so it could be like a, a clear cognizance, like, I know that someone's about to call. I think it is. Or it could, or it could, but it also could come in through the message of clear audience, because it's like, Jesse's calling, mm-hmm. you know, so you could hear that. You know, and then I think it's because like when I experience clear audience, I don't associate it with thoughts. It's like I hear it. Yeah. It's separate to my thoughts. Yeah. Like that's just from my personal experience when I've hit heard things. Yeah. I hear it in my ear. Yeah. You know, and I, I'll be with you like, can you hear that? Yeah. Like, and you're like, no. Yeah. But it's like, how can you not hear it? I'm yeah. hearing it. Yeah. But sometimes I'm not I feel like thinking it. Yeah. But sometimes I feel like okay. Maybe I've had a thought, but it wasn't my thought. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's... Like earlier when you was talking about the uh, gut, yeah. and I was literally going to say, oh, isn't there some theory about the gut brain? And then yeah. literally just as I said that in my head and I was waiting for, you, for a gap yeah. to say it, you just went on to that, <laughs> like literally two yeah. seconds later. So, it, you know, it could be that our Claire audience is picking up on other thought waves you know it's hearing those other thought waves but Mm. then it's trans you know even when it comes to like claire where where we'll go into next which is clairsentience which is like the feeling feeling, you know where you like sometimes your feelings get jumbled up with other people's feelings and you're not sure what's yours and what's not so and that's what i'm thinking is happening with claire audience is that you're your hear your thoughts and your hearing is you know is getting jumbled up with other people's and mm. so you're picking up on that as your own you know even though it wasn't yeah. localized within your own body or brain um yeah so do you want to say anything before no we let's on? go on to the next one feeling yeah Fair sentience yeah it's a tactile psychic feeling um it's per- like imagine you have empaths basically yeah. or even when you have chills that come over you or like you f- you just get a, a, a feeling in your body, like a very, like, you know, a feeling runs through your body. Oh, or... yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's intense. Yeah. Um, so you can even feel it, like, you know, as you're passing people on the street. I think this is more of the gut feeling thing. Yeah. You know? Like, Could be. Because it's more like you're feeling you know, True. whereas the other one is like, even though it's in the gut, it's just a knowing and it's not to do with feeling. Yeah. So like when people say, oh, I've got a gut feeling about this, mm. um, 
I, I think it's this sense, you know, mm. like it's an empathy thing, an empath thing as well. Yeah. I, I, I think when you're really in tune with this sense, um, clairsentience, like if you're really in a, a clear-minded space and it's kind of a natural gift for you, you'll find that you can... Have, like sense things so beyond like have knowings and and feel people's feelings and especially if you're in a clear place where you're not getting it mixed up with it being your own yeah um you can even direct exactly where it's coming from pinpoint the exact person and it could be somebody like literally driving three cars ahead of you yeah like i've very rarely I've been in a clear enough mind space, but that happens when I drive a lot. Yeah. Like, I'll get in a really meditative state when I'm yeah. driving sometimes, and that's when suddenly I'd be just tuning in. And then I could even extend it to the point of I know exactly where this feeling's coming from. Yeah. It's because their mum died very yeah. recently. Yeah. Like, I can literally pinpoint it. And I remember, actually when I first started reading the cards, which would have probably been about seven years ago now, um, I would read the cards and I would explain to my friends like how I was doing it was like I was sitting in a, a pitch black room like with my eyes closed and I would get a feeling, but it's like you know exactly where that feeling comes from. Mm -hmm. It's like, so then you get the whole backstory. And yeah. that's how I was able to, like, read the card. So I'd see the card, I'd close my eyes, go into the feeling. Mm -hmm. I would feel it, feel it, feel it until I was kind of going into the person who was feeling it. So then yeah. I could then access the memory of where it was coming from. Yeah. And it was, it took me very long time to read the cards that way. It wasn't yeah. very great like i'm glad i moved on from reading them that way because it would take so long and so much energy mm. but it was really interesting that that was sort of my gateway into reading was through feelings and it was hard for people to um like imagine it but for me it was like so natural what was happening at the you know like when i first started on this journey yeah. and so a very good exercise in um practicing that yeah i i it's not like my favorite because i feel like it is quite draining to go into other people's feelings well i can imagine it being like a a muscle and also learning how to you know have your own boundaries when yeah you're exactly other. And like the more like when you're in the beginning when you're training a muscle it's way more exhausting yeah and especially know? if you are empathic then you're naturally sensitive so you have a lot of compassion and yeah yeah and so yeah i think um as you know as we've kind of gone through these four senses i know there was another one which was like psychic um taste which there's um what the smelling one oh claire elliance and claire gustance yeah <laughs> so yeah there's a psychic smell and a psychic taste one you know we can it's it's pretty much once you've heard these you can kind of understand yeah. you know and i don't think either of us have really have experience have you had experience with the taste and smell yeah yeah i have with had smell. it yeah. i have had it where i've like yeah smelt something um that's not given me a memory or that's not mine 
Yeah. You know, are, it's good. And th- this is what I'm trying to say here is that they... Well, the smell's not really there. The smell's not there. Yeah. Yeah, but it's remi- It's like, it's come out of nowhere. And I'm like, why am I smelling that? And like especially with when you... when somebody's talking shit and suddenly you can smell dog shit. Oh, no, I've never had that before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I just think that would be a good that one. That would have. be a good, yeah. Cause it's, well, you, you, you could know, oh, this person's talking bullshit. Or you could literally smell some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But when, we, when I first started dating you, I would be... Um, in smelling my shit in my room, yeah, smelling <laughs> shit all the time. God, gross. <laughs> no, I would be, you know, in my room, and it, it had been like you know days since I'd seen you, and I'd suddenly smell you, and then maybe you would send a message or something. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, or is it a good smell? Yeah, yeah. it's really nice smell. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> and or I'd like smell you, and then start feeling certain things coming from you. You know. It, there was like a link there and um that used to happen to me a lot more where like I would smell certain people you know and I was like that were like not even I haven't seen in years you know um that would bring in like a certain flow of feelings or emotions or something and you know that that's kind of bringing me to my next point where it's like these aren't like unique like sometimes you will just have a clairaudient download or a clairvoyant experience experience. but a lot of the times they mix and mingle together you know they come in and out of your life yeah you know just like i was saying like originally i relied a lot on like um, the, the feeling yeah but i moved on to having other senses that I feel are more dominant now I feel like we all can um we all have them all right but you sort of I think go through phases it sounds like like that set sniffing one smelling one is like a strong one for you yeah it's interesting I I never knew that yeah I haven't had it as much recently um but yeah definitely uh, it's been you know played a big part in my in the past, right? Even with friends, I'd be like, sometimes I just send over a message like, "Hey, I just smelt you," <laughs> you know, even though they're living creepy. in a different country. <laughs> That's not creepy if they're your friends. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Like you've held onto an item of their clothing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just been creepy smelling, just smelling your underwear that you left over at my house. Oh gosh. Do you go to the gym or something? <laughs> no. Anyway. On that note, um, anything else you want yeah, to mention? Yeah, we've both not had the taste in one, but as you can imagine, that's just that you suddenly can taste donuts. Or... Yeah, I think it would be, yeah, like, there, there is, like... I wonder uh, if it's like, oh, I can taste blood, like something bad's going to happen. Yeah, definitely. It would just, just like how you might see certain omens, like in a clairvoyant thing, you know, clairvoyant vision, you might taste certain omens. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I know that, like, I think once in the very beginning of, like, my spiritual development, I watched this video from this guy where he was talking about how to develop certain senses, and he would be like, you know, take a certain object that's in your room or something, or, you know, downstairs or something, and imagine it, and so firstly, like, visualize it all, you know, see it, now try to taste it, try to smell it, like try to develop these mind senses, you know, like what does this taste like? 
and then you know kind of you know like lick pretend to lick a doorknob like what does the doorknob taste like (laughs) you know get it yeah yeah cool i think it's time for our our finishing segment hey oh yeah it's time for the tarot reading yeah talking about the clairs and now we're gonna dive into some of them (laughs) yeah Okay, and I pick a tarot. Trey is going to be pulling from the... Mystical Martian Oracle. And I'm pulling from the Angel Wisdom Tarot again, my newest deck by Radley Valentine. So what message do we want to leave our listeners with today? Ooh, the High Priestess, like literally the perfect card for the topic. Oh, cool. So the High Priestess... The main message of the High Priestess is look within. Find Mm. your answers within. Everything you need to know is within. So when you sit within, and maybe this is when you can start working with your senses, your clairs, naturally developing those. Um, Yeah, I think, I don't think there's much else more I need to say about that card Mm. because. It's all about the intuition. The high priestess uses her own knowings, her own clairvoyance, her own intuition to know the answers to everything she might pursue. So just trust yourself and know that if you're feeling drawn to something that you've listened to on this podcast and you think, oh, I would love to have this, I'd love to try that, know that you can and your access to that it, it all lies within. Cool. I got the uh, Syrians A um, race. We so. are a fan of the Syrians. Like um, in our home in France, they the star is right outside the bedroom window. Mm-hmm. The, the race I connected to was the Syrians and I started seeing a blue star. The Syrians come from the blue star system of Sirius. You know, the dog star mm-hmm. laid with Isis, you know, and I started having visions of Isis as well. So I'm very much connected to the Syrians. I, you know, when I went to Hawaii, it was like my dream to go swim with the dolphins. And I manifested that and swam yeah. with like hundreds of dolphins who are said to have come from Syrian. I used to wake, you know, listen to whale recordings all the time and just feel so connected with them. Like I had toy whales when I was a kid. Um, okay. I would like play with play with the whales and I had that as my morning alarm was whale songs sometimes as well yeah he goes into he's I think that was on the animal guides or like the animal episode I think you talk about the, the dolphin, dolphin experience. experience definitely worth checking that out if you're interested yeah so you know with the Syrians you get a very bluey purpley violet energy it's a very high frequency what's the message that they're energy. bringing today artistic honesty integrity yeah i mean that's kind of what's written on the card but you know with in relation to kind of you know what we're going with here it's um i think the development of these extrasensory abilities is you know it it begins to tune us up into higher frequencies like you know, just even being able to, you know, ultraviolet light, you know, just even that perception, like these beings live in a blue star system, like, mm. you know, even the Venusians, which is say, said to be like, you know, it's, it's they're blue beings, they have blue skin. It's like this 
is this next step, you know, outside of our visible spectrum, there's the ultraviolet light, you know, and it's this purpley blue. And, um, you know, it's this next step frequency and it's kind of understanding these new senses. And these new senses are what tune us in to the cosmic mind, into cosmic consciousness. And the Syrians are very much here and helping to guide us in our evolution because we're ev evolving outside of our physical matter and we're developing cosmic senses, co you know, senses that we can't even comprehend quite yet, mm. you know, and these, these beings are very much here to help us develop it. They, they're, she, they're holding an amethyst stone around their neck, which is very, you know, tuned in for clairvoyance. It's the psychic seeing, you know, amethyst has always been tuned in with that. And when we look at the chakras as well, our higher chakras are the purple, um, you know, the crown, the purple and the violet and indigos. So they're very much a very ethereal, six-dimensional being, very blue, you know, and this is when I've perceived the fifth dimension, um, I saw a blue, a very light sky blue film over everything. And so I can see even within the light spectrum, you know, we're, we, we, you can see as you go up the light spectrum, you start from red, the lowest density frequency, which is, you know, we always think of hell and fire, red. But then when we go up towards the top, it's like blue and purples, you know, that's the higher frequency realms. And so it's, it kind of makes sense to me that as we go up in frequency, maybe the colors we perceive shift as well. And it's been thought that, you know, ancient humans on earth perceived earth in a very different way when, you know, back then than now you know, through colors and stuff. So yeah, they're very much guides to help us develop our psychic senses and our cosmic mind and our cosmic intuition. So I think they're here to help guide us and push us and, you know, help us strive forward in that regard. And uh, yeah, I mean, art, art and artistic things are very much tied with, you can, they can be very much tied with psychic abilities with your, with too, senses. you know, like even when I'm writing, I'm feeling, I'm smelling, I'm seeing things, sensing, you know. Yeah. So what, 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 what did you you gave me something. No, I was oh. just taking a picture of the cards for oh, our Instagram. Okay. Cool. <laughs> cool. So, guys, I think that's a really inspiring message uh, for the starseeds out there who are feeling yeah, connection with Sirius. I feel like they are definitely trying to inspire us to open up our senses and reconnect with our more ancient senses and clairs. And, um, yeah, and the high priestess is just literally the perfect yeah, card. Yeah, and the high priestess is Isis. Yeah, you know, she's like, all about yeah. going within and yeah. knowing that we hold the answers within us and we can tap into these superpowers, these super senses and clairvoyant abilities, you know, to help us. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and you can develop them just like you can artistic abilities. You know, these yeah. they become very artistic once you get to a certain level. Like, okay, I'm just or one last thing. Any kind of skill. Yeah, like even, okay, these Aboriginals in Australia, they, they would perceive, like, and sense the elements and then the weathers, the patterns in nature, and then they would put that into art and they would make art out of it. But it was a very detailed description of the weather patterns for the next coming months. But it also you know? like helped guide them and their yeah. people. You yeah. know, so it was like productive. Yeah. Didgeridoo. Oh, didgeridoo, baby. Frequencies of the universe. Oh, yeah. The tube read. You play that, didge.
Hopefully that did. All right, everybody. Thanks right. so much. Thanks for listening, guys. We hope to see you on the next episode. Please do subscribe. Leave a five-star review. It means the world to us. And, yeah, until next time.